Stephen Colbert when he was back doing his his conservative persona when he was acting like he was a conservative Bill, like a version of Bill O'Reilly from Fox News. Um, he would often refer to the country, to, to his audiences. He would speak to his audience and say, hello, nation, as if he was speaking to all of America, which is what kind of conservatives act like they're doing. Like they speak to and for all America. I was just thinking of that right now. So hello, nation. Good morning. It's March 15th. 2021. I'm David Domke. This is the Fight to Vote podcast series. And today I want to talk about the most uh, important presidential speech on voting ever. It was Lyndon Johnson on this day, March 15th, 1965, and what's known as the Voting Rights Act speech. And when you're done listening to this, I encourage you to to uh, strongly encourage you to go Google it and watch it. It's about 15 minutes long and it's worth it. Johnson gave this speech eight days after Bloody Sunday in Selma. And he had um, challenged and also asked Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and others in the movement to force him to do this, to give a speech like this. He asked them to go out and to do the work to mobilize American public opinion so that he would have the basis for delivering on voting rights. It's an interesting approach as a politician to say to their supporters, um, I want to do this. I need your I need you to mobilize the public, and then I will act. One could rightfully turn back to the politician and say, you should mobilize the public. That's your job. Um, but I can see it both ways. I can see it as a politician wanting to, to lead once it's already, the momentum is already there. And Johnson seized that moment for sure. I want to read the opening lines from this speech. It was delivered before a joint House of Congress on March 15, 2000. I'm sorry, 1965. He brought together the Senate and the House and the nation watched on television. Um, as um, you know, we came together to understand what was going on and how bad it was in the denial of the right to vote. This is a voting rights speech. That's what it is through and through. Here's the opening words. I speak tonight for the dignity of man and destiny of democracy. I urge every member of both parties, Americans of all religions and all colors from every section of this country to join me in that cause. At times, history and fate meet at a single time in a single place to shape a turning point in man's unending search for freedom. So it was at Lexington and Concord. So it was a century ago at Appomattox. 
So it was last week in Selma, Alabama. That's how Lyndon Johnson begins what I consider the most important presidential speech on voting rights in American history. I have read every inaugural address from George Washington to today. 46 presidents have delivered inaugurals uh, about about uh, 40% of them have delivered more than one inaugural because they've been elected again. And I have read every major presidential speech by which I mean uh, addresses that were delivered to the nation um, from Franklin Roosevelt to today. Roosevelt took office in on March 4th, 1933, and I've read them all. That's about 500 major addresses. I've done this because I study political communication. I'm interested in what we call American identity, uh, which is the, the values, the principles, the claims, the, the myths, the narratives that we develop about who we are as a country. And so I've studied these messages, these addresses intended to be national addresses, inaugurals all, and major addresses from Franklin Roosevelt forward. Uh, Roosevelt presided over um, really what's called the beginning of the modern presidency when radio had become a widespread phenomenon and he was able to speak directly to the national public in one shot. Um, and what you find when you look at these is these similar kind of themes about American freedom, about liberty, about hope, about renewal, renewal. Um, and every once in a while you find a speech that is definitively about something that uh, was a passion of that particular president. You see FDR talking about um, the war, the need to mobilize for World War II. He gives a famous speech called the Four Freedoms Speech in 1941. Um, you see it with uh, Dwight Eisenhower, when he gives his uh, military-industrial complex speech, and he makes a very strong claim that liberals would make today about the dangers of the intersections of military and politics and uh, nuclear energy. Lyndon Johnson's speech in 1965 is one of these speeches. It's a speech that lays out a defining piece of America and who we want to be. Who we want to be. Johnson gave this speech eight days, as I said, after Selma Bloody Sunday. It was in the midst of a negotiation that was occurring about how the federal government was going to protect the Selma marchers who wanted to still to march from Selma, Alabama, 55 miles to Montgomery, Alabama, where the state capital was. And they wanted to deliver petitions to the governor, George Wallace. 
Johnson was figuring out what to do. And eventually, on uh, March 22nd, the marchers would take off again and go, this time with the protection of the of the uh, of U.S. troops, I believe the 82nd Airborne that had been brought in. Johnson's voting rights speech lays out the case for why voting is the foundational right in American democracy. Now, Johnson was pushed to do this by the civil rights movement. They demanded it, and they spent decades working for this. So the the uh, the credit for this it lies in African Americans in the South who brought America to a moment of reckoning. We talk about a, re- a reckoning on race today. America faced this in the 1950s and 1960s. They came face to face with it. And it was driven by black American citizens in the U.S. South from Alabama, from Georgia, from Mississippi, from Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Arkansas, Louisiana. Those are the places that this movement came from. Johnson's speech gets at the center of the importance of voting. And he says in it that he's going to introduce a civil rights bill that's going to focus on voting. There's been a part of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, but the voting rights provisions have been stripped out of it before it was eventually passed by the Congress. I want to read a portion of the speech where Johnson speaks about voting, about the right to vote. Many of the issues, Johnson said, many of the issues of civil rights are very complex and most difficult. But about this, there can and should be no argument. Every American citizen must have an equal right to vote. There is no reason which can excuse the denial of that right. There is no duty which weighs more heavily on us than the duty to ensure that right. A few paragraphs later, Johnson says, Wednesday, I will send to Congress a law designed to eliminate illegal barriers to the right to vote. The bill will strike down restrictions to voting in all elections, federal, state, and local, which have been used to deny black Americans the right to vote. The bill will establish a simple, uniform standard which cannot be used, however ingenious the effort, to flout our Constitution. I will welcome the suggestions from all the members of Congress. I have no doubt that I will get some. 
on ways and means to strengthen this law and to make it effective. But experience has plainly shown that this is the only path to carry out the command of the Constitution. To those who seek to avoid action by their national government in their own communities, who want to and who seek to maintain purely local control over elections, the answer is simple. Open your polling places to all your people. Allow men and women to register and vote, whatever the color of their skin. Extend the rights of citizenship to every citizen of this land. There is no constitutional issue here. The command of the Constitution is plain. There is no moral issue. It is wrong, deadly wrong, to deny any of your fellow Americans the right to vote in this country. There is no issue of states' rights or national rights. There is only the struggle for human rights. I have not the slightest doubt what will be your answer. The last time a president sent a civil rights bill to the Congress, it contained a provision to protect voting rights in federal elections. That civil rights bill was passed after eight long months of debate. And when, this, when that bill came to my desk from the Congress for my signature, the heart of the voting provision had been eliminated. This time, on this issue, there must be no delay, no hesitation, and no compromise with our purpose. We cannot, we must not, refuse to protect the right of every American to vote in every election that he may desire to participate in. And we ought not, and we cannot, and we must not wait another eight months before we get a bill. We have already waited a hundred years and more, and the time for waiting is gone. Those are the words of Lyndon Johnson in his Voting Rights Act speech from 1965. There's much more there. I encourage you to, to again, watch it and just really watch and listen to it. I, uh, I hope that Joe Biden will deliver a comparable speech in the coming months. A couple of things I want to note about what we just, what I read. One, I'm not comfortable reading it in the, in the gender terminology of the day, referencing to men and man, to he. Um, but that is historically correct. That is what he, he, uh, what he had to say, the way he did it. It shows that we've come a, wa- a ways, not as far as we want to go, but that we've come a ways on this issue of respecting and including differences across gender identity. Also, second point, he references eight months of debate on the Civil Rights Act. 
Folks, that's what we need to be prepared for on HR1. Months and months of debate and pushing and engagement and pressure and resolve. HR1 passed the U.S. House of Representatives on March 3rd. It's not going to pass the Senate quickly if it passes at all. It's going to take months. There is going to be filibusters. There is going to be vigorous, divisive, intense debate. We need to be part of this process. We need to be engaged and to put be part of that pressure. If we need to come to D.C., we will go to D.C. to help push. At a minimum, we're doing what we're doing now, calling, asking voters in states to contact their senators to pass S-1, to figure out a way to pass it. And third, in Johnson's speech, there is no equivocation. There is no waffling about the importance of this issue for American democracy, for humanity. That kind of moral clarity from a president on voting rights can only occur when there is that kind of pressure and moral clarity among people who are impacted directly by the issue. A political leader doesn't derive their leadership solely from internal values. They derive it from those around them. Leadership needs people with them to sharpen, to push, to clarify, to demand. That kind of clarity that Johnson exhibits came from the clarity of all the Americans who had fought for voting rights, particularly black Americans, but also other communities of color and many white Americans. Our clarity of purpose is what will drive and get this done. It doesn't, we can't ask our political leaders to do things that we don't exhibit. We just can't. They won't. It's not written into the way that politics works in a representative democracy. They need to be moved by the public. So, so 60, no, 56 years ago, <laughs> got to do the math there. 56 years ago, Lyndon Johnson delivers the Voting Rights Act speech, 1965. This is the journey we're on right now to push our political leadership to deliver similar speeches, to act with similar clarity, to fight for all Americans with similar verve and determination. I believe we got a shot. We're certainly in a stronger position than we've been anywhere since 1965 in this struggle. But it's because we have to be. The stakes are so high. 
the forces against voting are so strong. The fight to vote is on our shoulders now. May we be worthy of the moment. Common power seeks common power. The vote is the essential, essential tool to make that go. Do not be discouraged this morning. Let us be encouraged. We stand on the shoulders of the people that fought for voting rights in all of American history. And we take the baton and we do our part. Onward, folks. Good morning, nation.